We talk a lot about be the best in the world at what you do today, and that will open doors for opportunities tomorrow. This is The Playbook, where I give you access each week to the world's greatest athletes and executives about their personal and professional playbook and what has made them champions on and off the field. This is The Playbook. I have one of the most exciting executives in sports, Jake Reynolds, president of New Jersey Devils. Dave, Allowing me, me to come into the old locker room. Yeah. This is awesome. Setting the tone for a big night. It's a big night. And speaking of which, one of the things as you're a 40 under 40 executive and well-deserved is the understanding how culture is so important, not just right. with a team, but the business or anybody's business. And I've watched from afar how you develop talent, how you create values within that talent and maximize the potential of everybody from the top to the bottom of the organization. What's your gift in creating a culture? That's a, a really good question. I, I always say our culture is defined by the character of our people. And it starts first and foremost with the people that we bring in to this office and the people that we have representing our brand and working on our teams and interacting with our fans every single day. So the culture starts there. Um, when you bring them into the organizations, how do you foster growth? How do you foster development? How do you foster recognition? And culture can take shape in so many different ways depending on who the individual is, what matters most to them, what they care the most about, whether they're Gen Z, whether they're a millennial, whether they're a little more mature in their career. It, different things matter to different people. So for, from my perspective, it's always trying to understand build a relationship with people and understand what it is that matters most to them, what do they care most about, and then how can I help be able to drive and, and influence that for them. And in theory, that's an ideal world. Right. But what you're really good at, people don't realize how hard it is to hire someone. Yes. You know, you know it's just like a, a team. If you get LeBron James, <laughs> right? It's always it's nice, AD, it's always nice. It's, it makes it a little easier to make the executives look good. Yes. You have some extraordinary talent. I get, I'm blessed to be in every sport, you know, whether it's for Tencent or Entrepreneur, around all the executives and team members. I just have to tell you, part of the reason I'm so excited about being here is your team, that every single individual from the time that I parked to the time I came in to, of course, Lara, who's amazing, yes. you select the right people. So you start at a head start. What do you look for in those people? It's a good question. And it starts, quite frankly, uh, early on in my career, I got the advice from Scott O'Neill, who was our CEO, that people are your greatest asset and they're the most important piece of your entire business. And that stuck with me throughout my entire career. So when you are bringing people in and you're hiring people, it's a combination of, of a number of things. There's multiple steps in that process, right? First is how do you identify the right people that are gonna come into your organization, that are gonna fit into that culture, and not just fit into the culture, but how are they gonna help take that culture to the next level? So kind of what are those kind of key pillars and key characteristics that you look for in terms of people that you're bringing in? And, and for us, I, I say oftentimes, like I look for the three C's. I want people who are coachable, I want people who are curious, I want people who are competitive. And if you can find those three, like they, they've typically got a, a nice will to win, they're gonna come in here and they're gonna wanna make a difference. And from the time someone drives up to the arena 
the experience that they have until they leave that night to the interactions that our sales staff has with our fans on the phone to how people treat each other within our organization and, and the type of mindset that, that we have and that we foster um, within the walls of, of our organization every day, it matters. And it can drive your business more than anything else in the world. Oftentimes I think people think that culture is the result of success. Here, like we flipped that and we said culture is going to be the catalyst for what drives our success forward. And so, you know, during our time with the Philadelphia 76ers, we were going through the process. I know you were a big truster of it. Yeah. Um, we had a record of 75 and 253 over a four-year time period. Yet, during that same stretch, we grew the business double-digit growth every single year. We went from you know, 29th in the NBA to top seven. We were number one in the NBA in terms of new full-season tickets three years in a row. We had the second highest customer satisfaction rate in the NBA behind the Golden State Warriors during that same time period. And, and you look at that and, and it almost doesn't make sense. But it was our belief that culture, and if we hire the right people, we give them the right resources, we develop them, we help them grow, and we give them a path to be successful, that it can transform our entire business. And what I see also is a lot of mentorship. Yes. Just getting to know you, you talk about the mentorship of Scott and Hugh, and just a variety of different people in your career, and you've worked in so many different sports. Yep. What do you do to scale that mentorship? Because you can't mentor everyone. Right. And Scott couldn't mentor everyone. Right. How do you scale that mentorship? Yeah, you mentioned it. I've been really fortunate in my career. I've had the opportunity to work in the NFL. I've had the opportunity to work in the NHL. I've had the opportunity to work in the NBA for some of the greatest leaders in this business. Um, starting early on with Ben Milsom, who you know, kind of guided me and coached me early on in my career. He's now the chief sales officer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have Jim Van Stone, who was, was my boss at Monumental Sports, who's now the president of Monumental Sports. And then you have Chris Heck at the 76ers, Hugh and Scott. I'm incredibly fortunate to have um, a laundry list of leaders who have kind of helped shape and guide me and who have invested in me. And so I've seen firsthand the impact that that, that can have on an individual growing in this business. Um, and I felt it was my obligation to be able to kind of pass that forward. And so from a, a very early time in my career, it's like I wanted to be able to give back. I wanted to be able to help other people um, grow and kind of find their passion in, in the sports business. And for us, that starts very early on. It starts in you know, the recruiting process when we are bringing on a, a new individual to this organization. They will go through the typical interview process, but then we will also have them interview with other counterparts or people who are in positions that are aspirational to them. Um, they may not actually be directly working for, but that serves as, as kind of that initial relationship build to, to kind of serve as that mentorship as, as they are coming into this organization, finding their path and growing. And then we also put in like actual formal programs. So we have a mentorship program here. When we have new salespeople come into this organization, our senior sellers all have anywhere between two and three first-year salespeople that they are mentors. And we have programming, we have articles, we you know, set breakfast up for them, they can go get lunch, you, know, you name it. But we've seen the impact that that can have, especially on young people coming in and new people coming into this organization that it's something that we want to foster and make sure that we're, we're building a platform for. So many younger people want to have a career in sports. And we talk about the sales process. And right. I am a firm believer, you know, the, the business of sports is changing. There'll be a lot more people moving laterally. 
you know, we have executives from yeah. SAP running the, sh the Sharks, and I see, you know, I move laterally, right, right, from technology into sports agency with the most notable sports agent, but I still believe when people want to get involved in a team, which I love that dream, right, to, to understand and learn if that's for you or not, that sales may be the best place to start, that, you know, it's the easiest place to get a job, you know, it's right. also a great place to learn the entire business no because question. you interact and it's also a way to separate yourself because the best salespeople, even the president of a team, knows who's selling the boxes and the season tickets and they're very concerned about making sure they are treating those people in, in a different way and to accelerate their career. What advice would you give in today's competitive, so-called competitive market to someone that wants to enter into working for a team. Right, and, and you, you said it before, you've seen this firsthand yourself, you've experienced it, you've seen just, one, the transformation of how this business has evolved over the course of, even since I started back in 2007, it's a completely different business than, than what it was back then. But for, for so many people coming in, you mentioned it, it's so competitive in terms of, of people want to work in this business. The question is, are people willing to do what it takes to be successful in this business? And what are you doing before you get that first opportunity to be able to prepare yourself and to be able to help you stand out and rise above and have the opportunity to, to get a shot? And that's one of the bigger challenges in this business is, you know, depending on the team, the position, um, the state of that team, you know, sales positions are, are hard to come by and they're ultra competitive and oftentimes it is people looking at a resume and s making a decision, okay, is this individual gonna move on? So what are you doing to stand out? And what are you doing to separate yourself from everyone else and put yourself in a position that your name and your experience pops off the page and someone looks at it and says, all right, I have to have a conversation with this individual. That's awesome. And patience is another issue, right? We have especially, even generational from you, right. things happen a lot faster. And it's so hard to train someone and say, although you can order anything, gamble anything, drive through anything, in this immediate type of world, you still have to learn things and you have to build. And one of the qualities I see in young executives, you are you know, the 40 under 40 president of a team, so young, is that those people actually had patience as a virtue and how do you impress upon this younger generation that wants gratification immediately and think right. and my biggest thing as an executive is no you're not going to be a vice president in a day right right <laughs> right, right. you wouldn't want to be trust me you'd be yes. out of a job very quickly yes. how do you impress upon the idea of patience that you know let's accelerate and grow together and it's, it's something I struggled with early on in my career. Ambition can be one of your greatest assets. It can you also be one of your quickest, yeah. Right? <laughs> but it, it can also be you know, one of the biggest detriments as well. And I, I remember to this day, I started my career with the Indiana Pacers. And on my second day on the job, I walked into our vice president's office and I said, hey, I just, I wanted you to know what my career aspirations are. And I proceeded to walk him through where all my expectations were and like, hey, by the time I'm 26, I hope I'm a director. By the time I'm 30, I want to be a vice president. By the time I'm 35, I want to be a chief revenue officer. And by the time I'm 40, I want to be the president of a team. This so was my second day on the job, and I, I look back on that and I laugh, and I have a very good relationship with him still, and yeah. he still gives me a, a hard time Although about it. Although they will it. laugh first and applaud you later. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. But it was, it was one of those things, and I think part of it comes with, with maturity and experience, but you know, that was my second day. And now I look back, I'm like, okay, 
So I, I can relate to you know, these young stars that are coming into our organization and wanting to grow and wanting that instant gratification. For me, it's, it's trusting the process, which is a phrase we've, we've used around our organization quite a bit. Um, but we talk a lot about be the best in the world at what you do today, and that will open doors for opportunities tomorrow. And so, you know, we, we focus on how we grow and develop people, not only in their current job, but how are we growing and developing them both as, as people and as professionals and giving them the opportunity to have more exposure to different pieces of this business where they may not be getting the title, but they're getting access, they're getting the exposure, and they're getting the development that we talked about earlier. And we deal now with two different businesses. One is a traditional business. There's still people that have to sit in the stadium. Right. There's still the TV, which is, when I was young, was the new business, the new media. <laughs> yeah. But it's traditional. And then you have signage. Yes. Albeit there's more inventory than there ever has been because of electronics. But you guys are incredible on the social media side, which is, is really the future, that handheld experience, whether it's the red zone of the NHL, right. whether it's being able to watch the game from anywhere or gamble on the game or fan duel, whatever it may be. You guys are top five I think in the league now, when it comes to social reach. And to me, that's the most important thing. I remember with Tillman Fertitta with the, with the right. Rockets, yep. you know, Gary suggested you gotta seed those six years old. If I were you, I'd send a jersey to every six year old in New Jersey, for example, <laughs> and for the future. Yeah. Well, I actually don't think that's great. Not that I go against Gary a lot of times. <laughs> I think you're not being efficient with your money because you're much better off engaging them on TikTok. Yeah. Right? Or right. Snapchat right. or some other place. You don't yeah. have to. It'd be nice to send every kid a jersey, but Absolutely. I think the economics may not work out in the long run. I'd love to see the six-year-old, right. but you're seeding your future. And there's a reason that although the teams may not be doing as well right now, your numbers, right, this is a business, yes. are extraordinary. And what, what do you see for the future, though? Because it's going to be critical, in my opinion. As much as it will be filled with the stadium, which always your organization right. has been the kings of filling these things, how I don't know. But more <laughs> importantly, you have millions of people worldwide that enjoy right. hockey. Right. And at the end of the day, content is king. And, and this business has continued to evolve. And it's not replacing what that in arena experience is because there's nothing that will ever compete with that. There's nothing better than walking into an arena or a stadium with 18, 20 other thousand fans and you know, just passionately rooting for something that you care that much about. Like That's an incredible experience that can never be replicated or can never be touched. However, there are ways to, to what you said that you can enhance that and that you can further kind of develop the affinity that this fan base has for our brands and for our teams. And so one of the things I love most about HBSE is how innovative we are, how much pride we take in, in being the first ones to, to run through a wall. And, and that starts with, with our leadership and you know Josh Harris and David Blitzer and Scott O'Neill and Hugh Weber. It's like it's something they take a, a tremendous amount of pride in. And so we, you know, that permeates kind of throughout the entire organization. But it comes down to, okay, how are you engaging outside of your 41 home games? And how are you engaging fans and giving them an opportunity to be able to relate and connect with not only your brand, but your players and fall in love with them? Because, you know, as a father, I have three girls. I have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old. So for me, it's like, how do I allow them to participate and appreciate and enjoy 
like what I love so much. And so much of that is the opportunity they have to connect with our brand through social, through TV. You have all these different channels and vehicles that, that we can engage our fan base with. And when you can start them as a six-year-old, it'd be great to get every six-year-old a Devil's jersey. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. However, economically, that um, it's probably not feasible. But one of the things that we can do is we can give them a peek behind the curtain. And we can give them access that you can't get anywhere else. And we can give them an opportunity opportunity to be able to fall in love with our players and with our brand. It's so interesting because you're known on the people side and the culture side, but also on the fan side, you're able to take, and I'm just kind of coming to this conclusion, I always say, if I can find someone that can take a weakness and just move it, right? We haven't changed the weakness. Right. We've moved the weakness or you can't same, uh, solve the same problem with the same consciousness with which it was created is another way of saying we move right. weaknesses. But you're able to take business-wise, people-wise, culture-wise, what other people perceive as a weakness from the Sixers to the NFL, all the places you've been, and you move it to where all of a sudden that's a superpower or a strength. Where does that vision come from? Do you have a, a thought process or a routine that you go through when you see, all right, we're failing here on ticket sales, for example. Is there some sort of process that you've learned to relocate that problem? One, hire incredible people. That's a great starting point. It's a great starting point. And it's, uh, I've been fortunate with that. I've, I've been able to, to hire and work along some of the best people in, in this business. Um, but when you look at that, it's, it's a matter of like, time, attention, and effort, and care. It's like, do you care enough to drive the change that you see? Oftentimes we look at that and we say, ah, it's gonna take a lot of work, or that's gonna be really difficult, or we'll just do little things here and there. Where for us, like, we dive in head first, and if we're gonna commit to something, let's commit to it, and let's drive the change that we want to, to be able to see, no matter where that is, but it's something that we take a tremendous amount of pride in. Uh, one of the things like I've always loved is run towards the chaos and run towards the challenge. Anywhere I've been in my career, uh, I've had the opportunity to work in challenging situations, and I love that because it gives you an opportunity, one, to be able to really learn, two, it gives you an opportunity to test you know, your skill set and what you're able to do, uh, but the third piece is like, I found like it's incredible in terms of galvanizing people to rise up and accomplish something bigger and better than you thought was possible given the circumstances. One of the misnomers of working in sports is balance. And you know, everyone thinks that these perfect lives of all your players and, and athletes, they live these perfect lives. And it's so difficult to keep balance. Being an executive myself in the space and you as well as a young yep. executive, I have three daughters of my own and even right. a little son now, I don't think it's possible to have balance, but I think it's possible to prioritize different things than just the activity you get paid for right. here at the New Jersey Devils. How do you associate or balance or prioritize those three little girls of yours and your wife, which I guarantee is the most important thing in your life. No Besides question. your health, by the way. <laughs> yes. Your health is number one. You can't no. take care of yourself to take care of others. Correct. If you have health, you have hope. Yeah. So, but you're right. It's like those are the most important pieces of my life. My career is also really important to me. So I stopped using the word balance about three years ago because I realized like it was just, it wasn't possible. So I started talking a lot about harmony and how can I have like work-life 
harmony. And because it's never, balance means it's equally weighted. And, you know, depending on the situation, when I'm home, I don't want it to be balanced, right? I want home to be here. When I'm at work, I want work to, to be the focus and the attention. So for me, it's been a heavy focus on harmony between those two. And our, our CEO, Scott O'Neill, has a phrase that I absolutely love, and it's be where your feet are. And it's unbelievable. It's something that's resonated with me and has stuck with me. Like when I'm home, I want to be home. I want to be engaged with my wife. I want to be engaged with my girls. I want to be out on the trampoline. I want to be, you know, shooting baskets. I want to be firing pucks at them. Uh, I, want, I want to have fun with them. And when I'm here, like I want to be passionately trying to drive this business and investing in our people here. So it, it's a harmony between those two, and it's identifying what the situation is and what's most important there. Because, you know, too often, you know, people say, I don't have time. It's not that you don't have time. It's not a time problem. It's a prioritization problem. And so you've got to make sure that your priorities are aligned and in the right place. That's awesome. And if I see your young daughters with no teeth, I'll know why now. It's <laughs> yeah. not, it yeah. wasn't the tooth yeah, fairy. Yes, so I put the, the helmet, spot, pads he's on. like, I'm firing pucks yeah. at them. I'm like, little girls who fires pucks at little So girls. my brother, yeah. when, I, when I was growing up, I was six years old, and he used to tape the couch cushions to me That's and stick so me in good. front of my garage, in front of the Did hockey net, and just fire, oh yes, yeah. oh yeah, and That's just like fire pucks at me. Got. So I mean, you've heard the yes. stories, but his brother yeah, did absolutely. him, and now he thanks him for Builds like character, tying right? his arm around <laughs> his back and dribbling left-handed for hours. Yes. Last question as we get to this, and I'm sure we'll do this again. This is incredible. You have so many different qualities, but I always find in the great leaders, the 40 under 40, the super executives like you are, and I can't wait because I can just see your long career, uh, you know, is going to be extraordinary. What do you think your superpower is? That is a great question. Um, I would say the, the ability to hire the right people. I would not be where I am today without the people that I've, one, worked for, and two, been able to, to hire and, and work alongside. That, that has been uh, a differentiator in, in me since I started leading people. Uh, I've been really fortunate that, that I've been able to, to hire those people, and, and they come in and they believe in the vision that, that we collectively set forth, and uh, they are invested and they want to be able to go on and accomplish big things that, that quite frankly, people don't think are, are possible. And, and that's the challenge and that's the fun of, of what we get to do every day. Well, Jake, I appreciate because I think you answered the question of how do you quickly become a key executive in sports? How do you become one of those 40 under 40s? And the answer that I gathered is elevate others to elevate yourself. And you do that so, so well. And I certainly appreciate you joining me on the playbook. Thanks, you are Dave. An incredible. Great. Executive. Absolutely. The Loved it. Great Jake Reynolds, president of New Jersey Devils.